Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good to see each of you, and happy, happy Easter, happy resurrection to all of you. So uh, I'm kicking off a brand new series uh, today called He Still Rolling Stones. He Still Rolling Stones. And it was real tempting to bust out in some Rolling Stone music when I came up, but we decided we better not do that. But uh, he is still Rolling Stones. He didn't just roll a stone. He's still Rolling Stones today. He's still rolling today. So back behind me are, are some pictures of people. Those people are in our church. Those are people that have experienced uh, the rolling of a stone in their life. It can come in a lot of different sizes. We could have picked another hundred people in our church that have God stories of how God's rolled a stone in their life and they've, and then they've resurrected through it. And so uh, you're going to hear over the next four weeks just stones that I believe God is still rolling today. Still rolling today. And so that'll be a four-part series, so three more after this. I'll end it on Mother's Day. So if you're here today, uh, you got to come back, okay? Now, I hope you come back, okay? Don't just get one and let the other three roll away. Get all of them, amen? Get all of them. So today, the stone today is identity, identity. I don't know if you're like me, but if you look at the world and watch the world today, it's kind of a mess. It's kind of embarrassing at times. And what I mean that is, I love America and I love our country and I love what men and women died for, and it's still alive today. But when you look at our country today, uh, we've got people that pretend to be something, fake a life, get on CNN, they prop him up, and then we realize they're a fraud and they go to prison. We have a young man who's confused, who pays individuals to do something to him to make a scene to support a cause, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And and throw a police department basically under the bus. We have politicians that... You know, Republicans against Democrats and Democrats against Republicans and left against right. And we think we got a border problem. And, we, and all this stuff's going on. And, and we don't know what's true and what's false. We don't know who's speaking truth, who's not speaking truth. We don't know who's walking reality and who's living out a lie. And I think we have a, a culture or a people growing up, and they don't even know what to believe anymore. And when I look at our world today, we flat out have an identity problem. We don't know who we are. We've lost our way. We've lost our way. 
Identity simply means the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. We've got like five or six different genders on a college app today. We can now self-identify ourselves if we don't like how we came out. We not only have that, but we have the medical side who gives us pills to help grow things that, that prove that we are that. What? That's just messed up. We have an identity crisis in our country. And as moms and dads and grandparents, the greatest, greatest, greatest thing that you can teach your son or daughter is who they are. If you don't teach it, someone messed up, whacked out is going to tell them. And see, we used to think that was only in the world. But my friend, the world has come to church. And we've got church kids just as confused as the world kids. And we're living in a sea and a pool of identity crisis in our country. It's very confusing. It's very messed up. Identity is not in who you, what family you were born into necessarily. Yes, my last name is Ponder, but that's not my identity That is my last name. I grew up in Athens, Texas. I wore a letter jacket. When you're in high school, your letter jacket gives you what? Identity or lack thereof. And if you're really cool, you can put a whole bunch of patches on it. And then about 10 years after graduation, you couldn't get in it if they greased you up. (laughs) Amen. You're like, honey, in my letter jacket. She goes, that ain't no letter jacket. That's weird. Take that off. I won't sleep with you ever again if you keep putting that on. Uh, I go off to college and I play ball, so I have a pitcher's jacket. And the pitcher's jacket is different than the other players. And so you walk on a college campus in your pitching jacket. It's like 96 degrees in Marshall, Texas. We're sweating like bullets. But, buddy, I got my pitching jacket on. You know what I mean? I still have it today, hanging up in a closet. It's kind of outdated, but it is hanging up. We have all this stuff. Then you get a car. The car gives you identity. Your graduation diploma gives you identity. You get married, and your wife or, your, or, or, or that certificate gives you identity. You have kids. You grow, have a house. You buy a bigger car. You buy more boats. You buy sea dues. You buy four-wheelers. You buy land. You go get muddy. You have all this stuff, all these things. But none of that, none of that is where your identity is. None of it. Listen to this statement. If my identity is in anything that can change, I'm in trouble. Listen to that. If my identity is in anything that can change, I'm in trouble. Moms, please don't put your identity as self-worth in your children. Your children change every day. And if you're not careful, 
They'll ride off in the sunset and you won't even know who you are. We're as guilty as adults as kids today too. But it don't put your identity in anything that can change. Jesus said you put your identity in me. You build your house on a rock. Our God never changes. Our God is unstoppable, unchangeable. That's our God. That's your identity. It won't move. It can't move. It's not like shifting sand. It's got to be solid. We were never intended to find our own way. We were intended to find his way. I hear people sometimes say, well, they're, just, they're in that season where they're trying to find themselves and find their way. Oh, Lord, help us. We were not left to find our own way and find ourselves. That's like throwing up a basket of feathers in West Texas and then taking it back to somebody and they go, can you go get them for me? I could never gather all those feathers. You're right. Man, our life's not a big puff that we just throw up in the air. We pursue and we chase after the king. And when you find Jesus, you'll find out who you are. You'll find him. So the big question is, who am I? What is my identity? So does Easter answer that question? Does Easter tell me who I am? It's a good question. I think it does. I want to show you three stones or three things about a stone that we've got to get. The stone of identity is huge. Number one, we have got to nail down. It's got to be solid that God created you. You say, well, that can be debated. No, it cannot be debated. You're not a monkey looking for a tree asking for a banana. All right? You were created by God. Period. You got to nail it down. If you don't nail that down, someone will try to convince you that you were not made by God. You're an accident. You made yourself. You got to go find your own truth. You come up with whatever seems right in your eyes, and that'll be truth. And nobody can argue because you shouldn't judge people. God made you. God made you. Look at his word. Go to, go to Genesis. We'll just go to at the very beginning of this. Go to Genesis chapter 1. I don't want you to listen to me necessarily. This is the word. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us, and the us, if you're confused about us, there needs to be more than one person to make an us. There was. It was Jesus, it was God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. There's the us in the sentence. They were all three there. Don't confuse that. Let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the, over the earth, and everything creeping along it. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Now listen to me. God made you. 
In Psalm 139, he says, I knit you together in your mother's womb, and I call you fearfully and wonderfully made, and all the days of your life have been ordained before one of them began. Can I say something to you, church? That one day began at conception. Period. It isn't later. It isn't four weeks, six weeks, nine weeks, four months. It ain't none of that stuff. It's the second of conception. Period. You are a breathing, living creation from a holy, omnipotent God. He made you. You're his kid. You, I'm telling you, it's murder any time after the second they get together. Period. It's not debate, it's not for a court, and it's not for a scientist to tell me. The Word of God told me that. And when it's all said and done, when you shuck it all down, you and I really don't matter. It's all about Him and what He says. And it's not my opinion, or it needs to change because I've been hatched. God made you. And if we're going to give our children, if we're going to give ourselves the right identity, the right stone, we've got to begin at creation. If you're jacked up from creation, you're jacked up all the way home. You've got to know that God made you. God made you. Number two, the cross. Creation and the cross. See, creation is who made me. The cross is who died for me. Who took my place. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he, only, that he gave his only begotten son to whosoever. I'm looking at a whole bunch of whosoever's. Believeth in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 3.23. We've all, man, I'm telling you, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 says that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 13 says, it is with your mouth that you confess and with your heart that you believe. And everyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Every one of them. John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, do not be fooled. Do not be fooled, man. Don't be tricked. You must be born Again, must be born again. Revelations 3.20 says he came and knocked on our heart. And if we'll open our heart, he'll come in and live inside of us. Change us, make us new. And Romans 8.16 says that his spirit will testify to our spirit that we are born again. No doubt, no doubt. When I was uh, a senior in high school, I had a playoff game, University of Texas. I threw seven innings and got beat two to one. I was dejected. My senior year was over. I got beat. I was a losing pitcher. All right. Came home. Uh, finally got a shower, went to bed. Couldn't really sleep. Uh, and I, I heard my mom coming down the hall. She always came to my room, even to the day I graduated, kissed me on the forehead and always told me goodnight. So she came to my room, and she said, you doing okay? I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Tomorrow, in the paper, it'll say, Jeff Ponder, losing pitcher. I lost, Mom. I got beat. And she said, Jeff, look at me. 
Look at me. What you do between two white lines will never, ever, ever be your identity. But what he did on a cross called Calvary will be your identity. And she kissed me on the forehead, said she loved me, and walked off. I ain't sleep much. <laughs> I'm like, whew, that's kind of heavy, Mom. But it's right. See, my identity couldn't be in throwing a fastball. It couldn't be defined by what happens between two white lines. My identity and who I am was defined by a cross. Defined by a cross. See, the stone of identity in our lives is, number one, God made you. Number two, Jesus died for you because he loves you. Because he loves you. Third one is simply this. Why we're here today. The tomb. You see, the tomb is who rose for me. You see, the cross is what he did for me. The tomb is who he is. He's a risen Savior. I want you to go to your word in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Look at verse 11. John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Now when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know that was him. Didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 15. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's supposing him to be a gardener. And she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me. Tell me where you've laid him. And I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and to your father, and to my God and to your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she had seen. And the Lord had spoken these things to her. I want you to help you with something. You see this right here? That's not true. That's kind of what it looks like, my friend. Mary comes over and looks in. Didn't see him. And then he spoke to her. Can you please help me with the location in which he spoke? Did he speak from in there? He spoke from out here. You know what happens to us? We get creation. We get the cross. <laughs> but too many times in our lives, we live like he's still up there. We even got jewelry today depicting him on the cross. I don't care how pretty that is. That's just wrong. I know that's what he did. But that is not who he is. 
The cross has the final word because the cross is empty. The tomb has the final word because the tomb is empty. Amen. She's looking in here, and he's talking to her out here. We ain't got no business being looking in there. There's nothing in there. She thought he was a gardener. You say, well, he's in the garden. No. She didn't even recognize him. And then he said her name. You can't miss that. He said, Mary. And she immediately turned and knew who it was. Immediately. I want you to go to John chapter 10. I want you to see why that is so important. If you've been with us over the last several weeks, 10 weeks, you know what I'm about to say. I want you to listen to the words of John chapter 10 as we wrap this up. John 10, let's begin in verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, who, who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings his own sheep out, he goes before them, and his sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 9, I am the door, Jesus says. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved He will go in and out and find pastures. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to look over verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand." My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one will be able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Mary. Jesus. Here's the question. Does he know your name? Does he know your name? Do you know his voice? Are you one of his sheep? See, identity, my friend, is in creation. You got to know God made you. Identity is in the cross. You got to know he loved you so much that he bridged the gap between heaven and hell. He took your place. He paid what you couldn't pay so he could have a relationship with you, so he could walk with you. He could walk with you. And if you accept Jesus as your Savior, you're born again. You're new. But listen to me. You're not in this tomb anymore. You have been resurrected by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Is the same power that raised you out of your dead life. He told Lazarus, come out of the tomb. He didn't just tell him to come out of the tomb. He said, get your grave clothes off. You ain't dead no more. 
You're not dead no more. You stink. Boy, you stink. Go get your living, breathing, I mean partying clothes on because you're alive. Be walking around in some dead clothes. Too many people walking around in dead clothes today because they think it all stopped at the cross. It didn't all stop at the cross. It stopped at an empty tomb. Dude, if that tomb's not empty, we're still a mess. We're still a mess. We're still a mess. Can I, can I tell you something? Mary's looking in here. And Jesus speaks out there. Jesus speaks out here. You know why? Because he's alive. There's nothing alive in that tomb. There's no life in that tomb. Nothing grows in a tomb. Nothing. You put your bread in a tomb, you comb its hair in two weeks. It rots. It mildews. It's nasty. You're alive out here. You're dead in there. Jesus is out here talking to Mary. Don't be looking for me, the risen king, inside a tomb. I am not there anymore. I'm not there anymore. I have risen. Not only that, but you who trust in me and call me as your Lord and personal Savior, you're not in that tomb anymore either. You have been risen. You've been raised to walk a new life. A new life. We do baptism for one reason. Baptism is, a, is, is basically symbolism of what's already transpired in your life. If your mama told you to go take a bath and all you did was get wet but not use the soap, she'd get you out, towel you off, and go, you smell like a dog. Did you use soap? No, I just play with my boats. Get back in there and use soap. The blood of Jesus washes us clean. It's like soap. So when you come out of that water, you're smelling good. You don't have grave clothes on. You're walking. Walking. Don't go in that tomb. You've been resurrected. He, she, he told Mary, don't look for me in there. There's no life in a tomb. There's no life in a tomb. Church, listen to me. When you look at the world today, we don't know who we are. We think our identity is in a whole bunch of stuff. Your identity is in an empty cross, an empty tomb. And it's high time that the church goes out into a world that's not our home and walks in a way that people know a difference. See, and my concern is that the same people that are acting a fool in the world are the same people that would tell you they're born again. I'm sorry. But there better be a difference between a born-again cat and a lost cat. And the difference is, I'm not on that cross, and I'm not in that tomb. I've been resurrected to a new life. I go by the same name. I have the same taste buds, but I'm a different cat. And today, I want to ask you something. This Easter, you might believe that God made you good. You might know and believe that Jesus died on a cross for you. Good. But does Jesus know your name? Does he know your name? When he speaks to you, do you know his name? Have you been resurrected? Your old, nasty, dead life has been resurrected to a new life. That's the only question on the floor today. This Easter, we know the tomb is empty. We know Jesus rose again. 
But the question is, does he know your name and have you been risen? Because if you have, then your job is to live a life full of identity. You know exactly who you are and your life ought to live with power because you're a different person. So today, before you leave this place, I want you to answer one simple question. Does the shepherd know me as a sheep? Does he? Because when it's all said and done, my friend, the only thing that matters is whether or not you've been resurrected. We know he has. It's undoubtedly that he has. Undisputed grand champion, resurrected king. But are you resurrected? Let me help you with your name. His name is a risen king. And if you know him as your personal Savior and Lord, your name is a risen king's kid. Go by the right name and live that life. Because you're not in that tomb. You're not in that tomb. You've been resurrected. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Church, most important thing is that tomb's empty because Jesus rose again. Most important question is, have I been? Have I been? See, I was 10 years old, First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. My tomb was occupied, but at 10 years old, my tomb became empty. There must be a time in your life when not only you believe in creation and you believe in the cross, but you believe in the empty tomb. Not because Jesus so much rose, but because, because Jesus rose, I rose. Because there was a time in my life that I accepted him as my Savior and Lord. And I was born again. Today, does he know your name? Does the shepherd know you as your sheep? Are you one of his sheep? When he calls your name, will you know it? I'm going to pray for us. During this ministry time, if that's a question on the floor for you, don't leave here wondering. You come down here and grab any of us and say, I want, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to be counted as one of his sheep. I want him to know my name. I need to be resurrected. I need to be resurrected. If you need prayer for anything, you come. This is your Easter. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. We adore you. We exalt you. And we pray, Father, by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will call people to salvation today. God, identity is where it all begins. And identity begins that there's an empty tomb because of an empty cross on my behalf. God, we love you. We thank you. Move us now by the power of the Holy Spirit for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.